You're listening to the Resurgent ATL Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. I'm going to talk a little bit uh, on the power of authenticity or the power of an authentic gospel. And, uh, you know, in 1 Chronicles 12, 32, uh, this is the story talking about the sons of Issachar were really famous for what, understanding the times that they lived in. And when you go back and you look at this story, you, you see why they understood the times they lived in. Because to understand is to discern. Everybody get that? It's to discern. And they knew there was a change coming in the government. They knew the government of God. They knew there was a change coming. And the, and the change was moving from the house of Saul to the house of David. And they discerned that. And think about what would have happened if they hadn't have discerned that. They would not have been on that, that current move of what God was doing. And um, I just think it's really important, just like them, that we understand the times we live in so we know what God has called us to do. Amen? You guys are going to have to give me some more feedback this morning. Come on. Um, this might be a really big thing to say, but I'm going to say it. You know, I believe that I've heard the Lord say that we are living in an age of authenticity. And I think this is a, this is a movement that is challenging us to be real and authentic. And um, I'm going to say this on a, on a different level. I believe the level of authenticity that you have is the level or the, the, the level of power that you walk in. I honestly believe that. And... Um, I believe, I believe God is the one that has inspired this move and that he is looking for people to open up. And like Dallas preached last Sunday, come out of hiding. Man, wasn't that a great message last week Dallas preached? Uh, I'm, I, was a little, I was a little mad at Jet Dallas because I told him before he preached, I said, you're stealing my message, man. And uh, not that I, he was stealing my message because Dallas had a message that God had given him. And, you know, today... Me getting up and, and talking about this, I almost, felt, I almost felt like, oh, man, I'm just repeating what Dallas said. And I'm not repeating what Dallas says because, you know, here's the thing. Whenever God's doing something new, he tends to repeat it. Why? Because it's important. And because sometimes we don't get it. God's not just repeating it because he's, he, he needs to repeat himself. He's repeating it because we don't get it sometimes. And so I think saying that, that, that kind of gives me the ability to introduce and come into this message today and uh, not feel like I'm, I'm trying to steal Dallas' word from last week. So, uh, hey, let's pray real quick. Father, I just thank you for another Sunday just coming together as um, family. And we just ask you to give us just ears to hear what you're saying to us this morning. Give me clarity to be able to communicate what needs to be communicated and, uh, Father, we just pray that as your word comes forth, it will bless those that hear it. Amen. You know, I think people in general today are, they're just tired of being pressured to try to be like somebody else. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you agree with that? And uh, I, I'll say this, comparison will rob you. It, it, and this is the enemy's tactic. He wants you to compare yourself to somebody else. But we've got to understand that comparison will rob you of your unique story. 
and how it is so different and so valuable to, to the people that are around you. And God sent you here as you are to where you are to make a difference. That should be some good news. He sent you as you are to where you are to make a difference. Listen, we're not just stumbling through this life. I, it, it might feel like it sometimes, you know, because we've got all this stuff moving and there's so many parts moving around us, but we're not just stumbling through this life. Why? Because we have, a, we have an assignment from the Creator. And He doesn't give you an assignment and not give you instructions on how to f- fulfill that assignment. Amen? He's talking always. And um, when we're authentic, we're more likely to be trusted by those who that are around us. But why? Because it disarms fear, people's fears. And, um, you know, one of the things I did a, a while back was I started learning. I didn't really know this up until like 15 years ago. I just thought I was just randomly doing things. <laughs> and when I first came into the Bethel stream, I started learning about uh, core values. What, what were the core values of Bethel? And, uh, you know, their beliefs, the things that really moved them and made them do some of the things that they did. And then I started thinking, well, what are my core values? You know, what are the things that I'm really passionate about? And what I found out was that my core values were the things that really drove me to be who I was. The things that your core values will, if you know what your core values are, and if you don't know what your core values are, figure them out. Because you will find out that it's those things that make you who you are and what drives you. And when you, when you finally grab a hold of that and you harness that and you recognize it, man, the power that you can walk in is absolutely incredible. You're not just like shooting aimlessly all around. You're actually aiming at targets now. Anybody ever been there? You just shoot crazy? Just, oh, well, maybe I'll hit something if I shoot over here. Maybe I'll hit something. No. This will give you the ability to look straight ahead and say, okay, there's the target, and that's what I want to hit. And uh, it, it's, it's, it's something that is just really important in our lives. And um, so when I, got the, when I got a word from the Lord to start this church, you know, he told me the reason he chose me was because I made people feel seen, heard, known. And I said, well, Lord, that makes sense. But I challenged it, and I said, but God, that's, I said, that's not enough. And he said, I said, it is. <laughs> and so I had two choices, either to reject it or to say yes. Let me tell you something, guys. Just because you don't feel qualified sometimes to do things doesn't mean that God didn't give you his yes to do it. Period. I love what Bill Johnson says. He said, God doesn't call the qualified. He, he qualifies the called. Now, I'm not saying people aren't qualified. There, he calls plenty of qualified people. But then there are people that he calls that aren't qualified. Why? Because he wants them to be totally dependent on him. And I know that's something that I have learned in my life. Don't, don't be afraid to give him your yes. And because when you give him your yes... It opens up just a realm of possibilities you've never even thought of. I mean, right, Donovan, you know what I'm talking about. Donovan's getting ready. We're, we're going to send Donovan off here soon. He's headed out of state. He feels in his heart God's going to do something. 
that's going to be remarkable and amazing. But he had a process he had to go through, whether he was going to say yes to it or no to it. And that's a scary place to be because you're taking yourself out of the environment that you know and you're putting yourself in a totally new environment and you're changing the way you do things. And that, that takes some faith. And, and it takes a lot of trust. So, hey, I commend you, Donovan. I think that's amazing. You know, every time God speaks and gives you a new assignment, the enemy instantly comes in to steal the word that was given. Uh, or he comes in and creates a counterfeit to derail God's original purpose for that word that he spoke over your life. We, we see in Mark, you can go to Mark if you want to. I, I'm just going to kind of reference it. But in Mark um, 4, 11, what's happening? Let me set the scene for you. So Jesus and the disciples are out. And he's speaking. He's preaching. <clears throat> and uh, he's talking in parables. Okay? And he gets through speaking. And he comes back to a, to a meeting house where him and the disciples come in to debrief. And the disciples look at him and they go, hey, we don't know what you're talking about. We don't understand these parables. And I love what Jesus said. Who's, who's texting me? Hey, David, quit texting me, man. I, I called you out. There you go. I just shut my phone off. I'm just messing with you, David. You're, I love you, man. You're awesome. Um, <laughs> but Jesus, Jesus does something that I think is really incredible. He, he says to him in, in, in verse 11, he said, You were permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of God. That was huge. He said, you have been pr given permission to understand the secrets of God. This comes right back. He might as well just went out and, and started telling them the story about the sons of Issachar. Because what he was basically was saying was, you need to have the ability to understand what I am doing in the spirit realm. And what I am saying and what I'm doing. I give you permission. Listen, he's given every one of us in here that same permission. The kingdom is not a mystery to you. It's only a mystery to the people in the world. You're a son and you're a daughter. You know what God is saying because he lives on the inside of you. If you don't know what he's saying, it's because you just haven't tuned your ear to be able to hear what, he, what, he, what he's saying right now. So I want to encourage you, even though it sometimes feels like, man, I don't know what, what I'm supposed to do, what, what I'm, you know, where I'm supposed to go, what I'm supposed to say. Today. Yes, you do. Because he lives on the inside of you. And he has given you the ability to know all things. He really has. Again, when you get a word and God gives you a new assignment, the enemy immediately is going to come in and try to steal it from you. And then he follows it up with this. And he's, and he's speaking to the disciples. The seed that fell on the footpath represent those who hear the message only to have Satan come at once, say at once, and take it away. So he's telling the disciples, hey, I've given you permission to know all the mysteries of the kingdom. But let me warn you, as soon as you hear it, you're going to have an opportunity to think it's not true. And to have the enemy come in and try to steal it from you. And, and I think in the church, we've been in this place where we've allowed the enemy to steal the real word of in the actual place that why he's called us to be here on this planet. And that's to represent 
and to model an authentic gospel. Dallas did it so beautifully last week, talking about, you know, that, again, that authentic, that authenticity of when you have an encounter with God, you can't keep your mouth shut. You've got to tell people that are around you. And, you know, when you don't and you allow the enemy to come in, what ends up happening, he, he, he creates a counterfeit from the original purpose of what God originally spoke to you. And, you know, we've seen this happen in the worship movement recently. Uh, but I love what Jeremy Riddle said. He said, the next great movement in worship <clears throat> won't be led by the most gifted of songwriters or singers, but by laid-down lovers of Jesus. Come on, that's good. You know why that's good? Because he's talking about you. You are the next great worship movement. I'm not even a worship pastor. I'm just going to talk about worship here. You guys are the, we, the body, are the next great worship movement. We, we've already seen this started happening with Sean Foyt. Sean Foyt's been doing this. Going all across the country. That was just the drop into the pond that created the ripples. Now what God is saying, we as the body will become the next great worship movement. Won't be the most talented singers, songwriters, um, you know, and, 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 and why? Because Jesus is real, and he's authentic. You know, and many times in church, we try to take what we see is successful in current culture uh, and mimic it because it's magnetic and it's appealing. But let's just be really real. It's also very marketable, okay? And it sells. And, uh, you know, I know there's a place for all this, but I think God is doing something so new and so, so different in the hearts of his people. And, uh, you know, we've replaced the real and the authentic, the real and the authentic and what was inspired by God with performance. And in doing so, we've created, uh, really we've created disingenuous gospel. We really have. You know, this is the reason why religion is hated in our time right now. Because it causes people to behave from the outside in rather from the inside out. And religion pressures people to do things solely for the appearance of spirituality. Okay? It really does. That's, that's the, that is the goal behind religion. To appear spiritual. And, you know, this is why worldly people love Jesus so much, because he was authentic. He was authentic and real. He didn't live his life from the outside in, but from the inside out, meaning it wasn't because of who he was trying. He wasn't trying to be spiritual. What? He was spiritual. He was about the kingdom. He didn't have to act a certain way. He was, it was who he was. This is, this is who he is because of who he hung out with. In the time that he spent with the Father. And you know, this is, why, this is why the religious leaders of his day despised him so much. They despised him because they just didn't get it. They, they thought, oh man, he's coming in and he's trying to steal our thunder. He's trying to break the system that we've created that creates profit for us. He's taking money out of our pocket. Boy, that sounds familiar. Hmm? Sounds familiar. Sounds like a lot like some of the church today. 
Oh, we're not all on the same team. Mm-mm. We're not about the kingdom. Because you're taking money out of my congregation. You're taking money out of my pocket. We're not all one body. <laughs> Is that too hard for everybody? I mean, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus got harder than that. In Matthew 23, 27, and 28, Jesus says, Woe to you, you teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. As soon as he starts off with you hypocrites, you know it's not going to be, the rest of it is not going to be any good. He said, you are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside you're full of dead men's bones and everything unclean. Man, he just, he just wrote their number, he got their number, didn't he? And, and, and here's the deal. This is my opinion. I'm not saying this is facts. But, <clears throat> excuse me. I don't think Jesus was angry because these guys were really sinners behind the scenes. And believe me, they were. They were corrupt. They were doing things they shouldn't be doing. They did not follow any of the laws that they talked about. They just had the appearance that they, they were holy, that they were spiritual. No, Jesus was angry because of their hypocrisy and their deception openly living from the outside in and their perfectionism in appearance led others not to a true relationship with a loving father but to a tomb that only produced death. That's what he was angry about. That's what he was angry about. And, you know, this was not the authentic gospel that Jesus came to model or, or that he came to die for. And um, that leads to the understanding that we can only be saved by grace and his unconditional love. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For grace you are saved through faith, in that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Jesus today is still saying the same thing to his church. It's not your performance, okay, that determines your value and your worth. It's his unconditional love. It's not your performance. You can't do anything, which is great news. Because when we try to do stuff, what happens? We mess it up. You know, again, I think it's time to model a real and authentic gospel. And that word authentic is is really tricky, and navigating that word Authentic can be really hard sometimes. I've seen it over the last 15 to 18 years being in the Bethel stream. You know, hey, what, what does that word authentic really look like? How do we do this? How do we bring honor to the king's name? How do we do it in a way that really represents Jesus really well? And uh, because there's so many different definitions for authentic. Everybody would have a different definition for authentic. What you think authentic looks like. Here's, here's one of the definitions, the real definition, of undisputed origin. Of undisputed origin, genuine. What is the origin of true authenticity? Jesus. It's undisputed. Totally undisputed. And Galatians 5.1 well, first, you know, being authentic doesn't mean modeling bad behavior to those around us and call it liberty. And we've seen this happen a lot. I don't know if I told this story. I might have 
told it. I'll just tell it again. I, I remember being at Bethel for a while, and uh, we would send students out to different places to rehab centers and different places where students would go in and give prophetic words and speak and bring encouragement. And we had one guy came from the school, and he went in, and he gets up, and he starts talking, and he just starts dropping F-bombs everywhere, cussing like a sailor. And his idea of freedom and being authentic was, hey, I'm just, I'm just showing people that, hey, you don't have to be perfect. And you can just say whatever you want to say, and there's grace for it. And I just want you to know, that's not okay. <laughs> and, and we told him it's not okay. He said, sorry, it's not okay, and you will not be going out anymore. <laughs> Matter of fact, you might be repeating first year, so... And I think he did, to be honest with you. You know, Galatians 5.1 says this, At last we have freedom, for Christ has set us free. We must always cherish this truth and firmly refuse to go back into the bondage of our past. Can somebody say amen? Listen, why would you want to go back into the bondage of your past? Listen, our testimony should always point back to an authentic gospel, one that sets us free, not one that gives us permission to remain the same. That's what an authentic gospel does. Does not allow you to remain the same. That it always points back to the undisputed origin. Does that make sense? I mean, guys, I'm telling you, we, we see this everywhere in our society today. And um, it's, uh, I'm trying to play with my iPads, giving me fits here. I think that's why we're lacking power in so many of our churches, is because we're, we're not preaching the authentic gospel. We're, we're putting on a show. And people recognize when you're putting on a show. And, um, you know, I, I had lunch with a pastor a couple weeks ago. This is a true story. I mean, it just happened the other day. <clears throat> and him and I were talking, and he's bivocational, but he has another guy that's a bivocational pastor that works with him in the construction industry. And uh, he, he a lot of times goes behind this other guy and follows up and kind of closes out some of the sites and things like that. And, um, he said he was out coming behind this guy uh, in, on a work site, and all the guys that were there, he got to talking to them, and, and they were like, hey, are you friends with blah, blah, so-and-so? And he's like, yeah, yeah. And they're like, isn't he a pastor? And they were, he was like, yeah. Well, of course, he didn't know what they were fixing to say, and he said, they said, man, I'd never go to that guy's church. He is the worst representative of Jesus we have ever seen. These are, these are not Christians. These are people in the world. I mean, they said, like, we would run. They said, he cusses, like, so bad. He talks to us like we're dogs. I mean, it, it just went on and on and on and on and on. And I'm saying that, again, because grace and freedom in Christ should always, not ever now and then, it should always take us to a higher level. Come on. It should take you to a higher level. And if it's not taking you to a higher level, then it's not the authentic gospel that you're hearing. 
Amen? Is this too hard for you guys? I'm just trying to be real here. <laughs> it's not Thompson's. It's not hard enough. Okay. You know, this move that we're in right now is so different. Oh, my gosh. It's already. Mm. This move of God looks so different from the cultural movement we are currently in. I call the movement we're currently in with just culture, I call it the Photoshop movement. Because we're dealing with Instagram, Facebook, uh, TikTok, Twitter, all these different platforms where we're coming in and this is not what I really look like, but it's who I'm portraying to be. That's a pharisaical spirit on the highest level. And, it, and it's, it's just, it, it, it just holds hands with deception and, and not true authenticity. And uh, just because someone can see you doesn't mean you have really been seen for who you really are or for who you're trying to portray to be. You know, being seen for who you really are is directly tied to the level of authenticity you walk in. And, you know, unfortunately, and this is another big statement, unfortunately, many of us have been taught by the church that acting righteous is better than being righteous. <laughs> I don't know if you heard that. Acting righteous is better than being righteous. We, we've got a whole system that ha, has modeled that. It's based on what you do. I'm a human doing, not a human being. And Jesus has come to reset. He, come, he came to break that, that system, to set you free from that system. I want you to know, if you're in this place today, there is not one more thing that you have to do to become any more righteous than you are, already are. Why? Is it because of something you've done? Or something you did? No, it's because you're in Jesus. If you said, I accept you into my heart, and Jesus, I give you my life, automatically you step into his righteousness. Now, am I saying throw out reading the Bible, throw out being a disciple? Throw out? No, I'm not saying any of that. But what I'm saying is, it's not based on your works or your deeds. It's based on what he did. We, we got to break this, this site because so many of us, and I, and I think this is the thing. God's getting ready to do something so amazing and so crazy. There is such a reset that's happening in, in the body of Christ today. And, and, and I think that's why we haven't seen as many new conversions or we're, as we're going to see. Because we have a church that's sick, that doesn't understand its identity. And until we get that right, and until we learn what our true identity is, we're not going to be able to lead those who don't know him into their proper, their proper authority, their proper identity. So we've become, a lot of our churches have become hospitals for the sick Christians who are going to have to be reprogrammed from the garbage that they've been fed. No, I'm not kidding, guys. I'm serious. We don't realize it because it's been so subtle. And it's happened over a, a long period of time. And, um, you know, righteousness is based on the finished work of Christ. And it's not on our own merits. And when you know that your righteousness is because of what he did, you will always operate, always operate from a place of gratitude, love, and humility. This produces the authentic gospel. The other Self-righteousness produces pride, and because 
our deeds and because of our, our deeds and knowledge. It produces pride. You know, we're not here to fix people's problems. That's not our job. I mean, we've heard this before. That's the Holy Spirit's job. And, and, and that's right. We're not here to fix people's problems. It's not our job. Our mission is to recognize what God says and what he says and who he says they are and call them to a, to a higher level. Our job is to call people to a higher level, not point out all their mistakes and their wrongs and all those things. Everybody say amen to that. You know, I heard a testimony the other day, or semi-testimony. It was somebody just talking about it in the church, and I love when I hear this stuff. Somebody in our church was meeting with somebody, and they basically were getting on to them a little bit, and they were saying, hey, you're way too awesome to act like this. And what were they doing? Were they telling them how to fix it? Were they telling them how, what to do? No, they were telling them, you're too awesome to act like this because you're a child of God. You're a son, you're a daughter of God, and I'm going to call you to a higher place. This is not who you are. This is, this is what authentic, the authentic gospel looks like. It looks like love first and foremost, but it's also an accountability thing where we call people to a higher level. And, um, you know, that true authenticity is connected to honor and love, and it creates a safe place for people to know that you can be trusted. You know, it, it, it's, it's a shame when people come to church looking for God and they only find us. And I know that's hard, but there's a responsibility attached to that. And I'm fixing to use, I'm going to, I'm jumping on the worship team again. What does the worship team do? They get here at 7.30, 8 o'clock in the morning, 7, what time is it, Cody, what time? 7.30. They get here at 7.30, why? To prepare. To prepare the environment and to prepare the room so that when you come in here, you have an encounter and an experience with God. Your responsibility as the body of Christ is to prepare yourself before you walk through these doors. <laughs> hey, I'm talking to me too. There's days I just show up. And you know what? It doesn't go well for people when, when they meet me if I just show up and I'm not prepared. Because they're, they're, they're expecting to have an encounter with God and all I'm giving them is, is, is me. Is anything wrong with me? No, there's nothing wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with you. But what, what I'm saying is there's a level of authenticity that you can only carry when you're partnered with him. Again, you owe the world an encounter with God. As a Christian, that is your responsibility. Everybody smile. Come on. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be harsh. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just trying to be real, guys. And, uh, you know, our, our mission statement is here, restore, transform, and equip. We can't restore people if we can't keep them in here because they're having an encounter with you and not God. Right? Because restoring is attached to feeling seen, heard, and known. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to make a quote here. Author, an author, Parker Palmer. Anybody ever heard of Parker Palmer? Nobody. Okay. It's good. I'd never heard of him either, but I got this quote, and I was like, wow, this is amazing. I was like, this guy needs to, he needs to get his stuff out there more. Parker Palmer, it's just fun to say, Parker Palmer. I couldn't say it really fast too many times. Though. 
He says the human soul doesn't want to be advised or fixed or saved. It simply wants to be witnessed, to be seen, heard, and companioned exactly as it is. I mean, man, this guy's speaking my language. Heard, seen, and known. And, uh, you know, if you can't measure it, it doesn't exist. If you can't measure it, it does not exist. There has to be some substance to everything we do for it to be successful. Brene Brown, everybody know who Brene Brown is, okay? Man, she's a rock star. This is what she says. She says, connection is why we're here. It, it's what gives purpose to our lives. This thing. Technology. I'm going to repeat it again. Connection is why we're here. It's what gives purpose to our lives. And she said, to do this well, we have to lean in to the discomfort of truly being seen and known. So true. In order for connection to happen, we have to allow ourselves to be seen. Now, this isn't, this isn't just true when you run into people. This is true with your relationship with God. You have to allow yourself to be seen by God. And you know what? A lot of our problems is because we're not being honest with God. Because we're hiding. Because we think if we show God who we really are, He's not going to like us. This is so stupid. Because He already knows who you are. Come on. You, you, you think you're hiding something from Him? Are you kidding me? We got to get real. We got to get real with God. When we get real with God, then we get real with people. And, um, you know, the biggest thing that keeps us from doing that is, is shame and fear that I'm not good enough, that if you really get to know me, you're not going to like me. Well, that might be true. <laughs> but you know what? There's still a process that you have to go through for people to really genuinely get to know you. And if we're all walking in the kingdom, we already understand that you might be a project. But it's okay. Because God gives us projects all the time. That's our job. To love people unconditionally. Right? Okay. I'm sorry. I'm losing people. Sorry. I didn't mean to say project like you were some special. All right. I'm, I'm fixing to wrap this up because I can see I'm just hitting a gong here. I'm telling you. Boing. Yeah, what was that show? Oh, was that the gong show? Yeah. Who, who remembers the gong show? God, we're so old. Okay. Look, we're, we're in an epic season of authenticity. When I say epic, I'm not talking about E-P-I-C. I'm talking about, they sound the same, E-P-O-C-H. And that word epic means a distinct period in your history to get real. A distinct period in your history to get real, to get healthy, to get authentic, to push past discomfort and truly be seen. Come on. And, um, you know, this isn't just another year. This is your year. Come on. Why is it your year? Because it's a distinct period in your history to get real. And if you get real... With him, I promise you, everything's going to change. Everything. 
It'll change the way you present yourself. It'll change how you approach things. It'll change your mindset. It'll change your heart. It'll change the direction you were once going because it was, it was guided by selfishness. And it'll lean it back over to the side of his heart, which is kingdom. You know, again, one of our pillars here in this church is present, presence. And the presence explodes. I, I, I'm seeing this happen more and more, that pr- the presence of God explodes onto the scene in unprecedented, unprecedented levels when we become authentic and open with our hearts. I promise you, if you come into here on Sunday mornings like you did this morning, and you go after Him in worship, things are going to explode. Why? Because it honors who He is. And your heart becomes open to the true nature of who He is. And that's power and change. And every person that sees you go after it, they're going to know that there's going to be no mistake that God isn't in the middle of it. And when that happens, you won't be able to keep people out of this place. Because that's where the miraculous begins to take place. That's where it takes place. And and I'm just going to say this. I double dog dare you. Remember that? I double dog dare you like a kid. I dare you. I double dog dare you to start coming in here this year and just going after God with everything. Like a laid down lover of Jesus. Get snotty, crying, screaming, kicking on the floor. Whatever you got to do to connect with the heart of the Father. And He's going to wreck your world in such a great way. And it's going to change you from the inside out, not from the outside in. That level of authenticity is where the power comes from. And uh, I love Acts 4.31, wrapping this up. Acts 4.31 said, when they had prayed, and I'm going to add to this. I'm not adding to Scripture, okay? I'm just saying. (laughs) They're like, oh, he's one of those. (laughs) And when they had prayed, when they had prayed, worship is an extension of prayer as well. So I just want you to keep that in your mind. And when they had prayed, the place where they were meeting together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness and with courage. When they they came together, and they came together as one. Man, that's, that's what we want as a church. And I know it's uncomfortable, but he wants you out of your comfort zone and... Understand the times we are living in, we need to lean into the grace that he has for you. It's time to live again from the inside out, not from the outside in. And so, everybody stand up for me. Again, I think we're, we're living in a whole new season. God is doing something so new and we need to be so open to it to see, to see him truly move the way he wants to move. Because it's there that we're going to see his power demonstrated in people's lives changed and transformed. And uh, that's, what, that's what my heart is. That's what the, the heartbeat of this church is. 